Newsom and Biden, they're basically two peas in the pod. Newsom's probably five years more aggressive in his leftism than where Biden is. But a second term for any of these people, you would see the Californication of the United States. That'd be a disaster. Ah, the Californication. That's a song, I think, isn't it? I won't sing it while there's other music playing, you know, for everyone's benefit. (laughs) We'll uh, play a little Jimi Hendrix instead. I have breaking news to share with you. And I have more news that's not as breaking, but, you know, probably should be broken. The first woman to serve on the United States Supreme Court, Sandra Day O'Connor, has passed away, has died at the age of 93. We just learned minutes ago. Sandra Day O'Connor, March 26, 1930, November 30, 2023. A uh, remarkable woman and uh, selected by, nominated by President Ronald Reagan in 1981 to serve on the Supreme Court, the first woman on the Supreme Court, Ronald Reagan, Republican, um, a a conservative nominee. And uh, now the news media is going to have to catch their breath smearing Henry Kissinger, as they've been doing. Now they're going to have to turn their ire, their acidic attack will now direct itself at Sandra Day O'Connor because, you know, they don't like her because Ronald Reagan was on our side and and they're not on our side. And she was a a great and amazing woman, remarkable. She served as an Arizona state senator, 1969-1974, She became the Senate majority leader in the state Senate there. She was the first woman in the nation to hold that position in any state. Uh, And, of course, uh, nominated by President Reagan in 1981 to serve on the Supreme Court. And uh, there there are some. She was on the court when Roe v. Wade uh, became the law of the land in the Roe v. Wade case, uh, predicated on bad law, eventually overturned, but... It is uh, one of the cases that was hotly debated forever from the moment it was made law, for that matter. And uh, I was reading just moments ago a story from USA Today, and it's quite remarkable. They got the story, Sandra Day O'Connor just turned 93. Here's how she's doing is the uh, story in uh, USA Today, and that's the most recent story on her, uh, March 31st. 2023, so some time ago, <clears throat> and I thought this was remarkable because I, I read the the story, and nowhere in the story itself does it say that she was the first woman to serve on the United States Supreme Court. Um, boy, just uh, fascinating. Said she is the first in the country to serve as uh, state Senate majority leader, but doesn't say she was the first. And I also thought it was fascinating reading this story that they did not mention Ronald Reagan. Uh, They did only in the caption of a photo, but nowhere in the body of the story uh, did they mention that she was nominated to be the first woman to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court by Ronald Reagan. That's interestingly left out of the profile they did on her months ago. Kind of peculiar. But now Sandra Day O'Connor had been dealing with Alzheimer's and uh, she has uh, passed away. Godspeed at the age of 93, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, an amazing life. She uh, also, I, I found a piece right away, 
where she was being attacked in the news media, CNN in particular. This is from May of 2023, earlier this year. New documents, they had new documents in 2023, 23 years later, show how Sandra Day O'Connor helped George W. Bush win the 2000 election. They got new documents then, never before seen documents. And they, the, yeah, she was on the Supreme Court and they stopped the endless recount in only Democrat dominated counties in Florida because the Democrats were going to count until they won. You know, that's the idea. You know, you count until you win. It's not, it's not, uh, what is it? It's not uh, who votes that counts, it's who counts the votes. I think that was uh, another Joseph Stalinism. But the Democrats were planning on recounting in 2000 until they won, and then they would stop. That was their plan because they're all criminals. Not all of them, but I think about half of them have carjacked people in Washington, D.C. So uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, 93 years old, Godspeed. And uh, Henry Kissinger just taking a breath from Henry Kissinger, and now Sandra Day O'Connor. Remarkable. Uh, God bless her. A great life, an amazing life, an extraordinary American life. A journey. They always say journey at times like this, right? It's a little cant. Extraordinary. Now, there are a couple of, since I just mentioned Henry Kissinger, there's another, another kind of, it's kind of an amusing story, actually. Uh, Henry Kissinger lived to be 100 years old, of course, and... um, here is, a, uh, here is an item. Henry Kissinger didn't just outlive the guy who wrote his obituary for the Financial Times. He outlived the guy who wrote the obituary for the guy that wrote his obituary. Now, that's a good long life, I think, isn't it? Sort of amazing. Yes, it is. Financial Times have had Henry Kissinger's obituary prepared for so long. How long was it prepared? Henry Kissinger's uh, obituary had been prepared for so long that uh, the people that wrote the obituary died in 1999. And then when the guy that wrote the obituary in 1999 died, they had somebody write his obituary. And the guy that wrote that obituary is now also dead. Henry Kissinger outlived them both. That's just kind of a wackadoodle-doo story, isn't it? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's uh, wacky, yeah. Hugh O'Shaughnessy, the journalist that wrote the obituary, died. And then the man that wrote the obituary for Hugh O'Shaughnessy, who wrote the Henry Kissinger obituary, he died. And Henry Kissinger was, you know, still having cocktails. Outlived them all 100 years. That's quite remarkable. Yes, it is. Telling you something. Also, a uh, fun story in uh, Pajamas Media, PJ Media, that, that Michael Piercy spotted this morning. And, you know, for years and years, I've been, I've been uh, protesting, I think might be an accurate word, the fact that the news media in the United States of America has labeled the Democrat Party blue and the Republican Party red, when everybody in the world knows that red is the color of communists and leftists. And the American Democrat Party has never been as far left as the American Democrat Party is today. They are, I think, to the left of Putin. I just read today in ABC and the Associated Press that Putin is conservative and is increasingly conservative. He's a communist. You can't be any farther left 
than being a communist, right? But never mind that. Lifelong communist, misses the Soviet Union, wants to reestablish it. Greatest tragedy of the 20th century, he says, the collapse of the Soviet Union. So in any case, red is obviously the color of the left. It is in every country in the world except the United States of America. And I've been pointing this out for many, many years now because here's the reality, and I've talked about this many times. The news media, way back, even going back to black and white TVs, when TVs first went color TV, what the network news organizations did is this, say, 1964, the Republican Party, and I'm not sure which was which in 1964, but the news media decided the Republican Party would be red states and the Democrat Party would be blue states. But then in 1968, they swapped them and the Republicans would be blue states and the Democrats would be red states on their maps on TV and on their graphics in the newspapers, right? And then Tim Russert was at NBC News, you know, the 1990s, and they decided, let's stop switching the colors back and forth every four years. It's much too confusing. And since they're all Democrats there, Tim Russert, who was a good guy, I used to see him at a neighborhood bar and a Cafe Deluxe and hang out with him and he'd drink beer. And he was a pretty normal person. People liked Tim Russert. He was not. Now, he was a former Democrat Party Capitol Hill staffer like Jake Tapper and so many others and the, uh, George Stephanopoulos, so many other big-time network news anchors and journalists, you know. But in any case, the Tim Russert uh, gang, they decided, and NBC, and they all got together and said, let's stop switching the colors back and forth. Let's just settle on it and be done with it. And, you know, true blue, left-wing Democrats, we get blue. Because we get to decide. And, ne- you know, r- red has a negative connotation. Blue has a warm and positive connotation, right? Uh, and and they said, and we'll make the Republican Party red, and then we'll stop switching. It was like musical chairs, right? And they, because they had the power to corrupt the process, they chose blue, and they gave the Republican Party red. And I've talked about this many times over the years. And I've been saying forever that uh, the Republican Party ought to raise a stink about this, but they're not good at politics, you know, or much else from what I can tell. But they, uh, on Capitol Hill and beyond, they should say, listen, no more of this, you know, red state stuff. We're blue state. That's us. We're red, white, and blue. You're red like communists in China and the Soviet flag and, uh, you know, Pol Pot and uh, Vietnam. Because the communists all have red everywhere. It's their color. It always has been. And I've been caterwauling about this for years. Am I right? Sure I am. Of course. How could I be wrong about that? So Pajamas Media has a, uh, has a piece. Came out, uh, came out yesterday. Uh, yesterday afternoon. And Victoria Taft. Victoria Taft uh, wrote the story. And it's a very good story. Pajamas Media, PJ Media. Red versus blue BS, colon. They love their colons. Democrats, comma, take your commie red back. I love the headline. And she has commie red in all capital letters, which is entirely appropriate. And uh, has a picture here of Vladimir Lenin and a bunch of commie military types with their big red flags with Soviet lettering and Vlad uh, Lenin there. And and uh, the wonderful writer at Pajamas Media, Victoria Taft, Think she lives in D.C.? I don't know, but Victoria Taft writes, 
Ever since Fox News host Sean Hannity scored his red versus blue governor's debate by giving Gavin Newsom the back rub with a happy ending. Hey, that's a little edgy, isn't it? A little reach around there. And uh, this has been bugging me, she says. No, not the interview, uh, though that was uh, wretch-worthy enough. I'm talking about the entire red versus blue branding and how it needs to be entirely switched. She's absolutely right about that, isn't she? Yes, she is. This idea doesn't originate with me. I've heard radio and TV host Chris Plant address the issue often. I agreed with him, but now I'm all in. We need to give the commies back their red. Absolutely right. Nancy Reagan looked great in Reagan red. Make America Great Again hats are spiffy, and Red State is a terrific sister website. But red hasn't always been the color of the Republican Party, and now is the time to just give it back to the commies. I'm absolutely with her. She's 100% right. And we are at 888-630-9625. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Yes, a great and brilliant piece in Pajamas Media by the wonderful Victoria Taft. I'm just saying I agree with her. I agree because she agrees with me. She agreed with you first. So it's not really much of a thing to agree with her after she's already agreed with you, is it? I agree with Howard Johnson. I think we're all in agreement. And it's true if the Republicans knew how to pick a fight they uh, and win it, and they don't, they should hire me for $10 million, and I'll explain a few things to them. I'll start a company, an LLC like uh, Hunter Biden. And, uh, you know, I'll explain to the Republicans. Also, change the name of the racist Senate office building named for racist Democrat segregationist racist Democrat from Georgia Richard Russell, who was a racist segregationist Democrat. And they named the Senate office building for him because all the Democrats voted to name it for their racist segregationist senator. And, of course, it needs to be renamed. The Russell Senate office building needs to be renamed the Hiram Revels Senate office building, the first African-American to serve in Congress at all, and it was in the United States Senate, and he was naturally a Republican, Hiram Revels, and it should be the Revels Senate office building, not the Russell Senate office building. And that's a fight they should pick, but they're just not good at politics, are they? No, they're not. All right, uh, and uh, today we are raising money for Fisher House. Keep in mind, and And please uh, donate generously if you can. In fact, we've had additional donations. Keith from Vienna, Virginia has donated $500 in honor of five friends from his neighborhood that were killed in Vietnam. $500 to commemorate five friends from the old neighborhood 
uh, who all were killed in Vietnam fighting communists. The Democrats are still smearing the United States of America today in the Washington Post and Henry Kissinger because they're not only pro-communists, they're anti-Semites now, too, the Democrat Party. Thomas from Florida has doubled his donation from last year, sending $1,000 this year. Thomas from Florida, God bless. Talia from Fairfax Station in Virginia has been a military spouse for 25 years and just donated $1,000. Military spouse, 25 years, Talia. Beautiful $1,000. Thank you so very much. And a $1 million donation, I come over to your house and cut your lawn. And a bunch of my compatriots come over and drink margaritas on the sideline while I cut the lawn because they think that would be funny. And that's okay. The number to donate is 888-294-8560. 888-294-8560 is the telephone number. And uh, let me go to uh, let me go to the telephones. So we're doing a lot of stuff here today. Also, when I got, I got uh, so many crazy stories here. So many crazy stories. But it's true, the Republicans need to pick a fight with the media about this red-blue stuff. Because the commies are red. And the Democrat Party has never been more red than it is today. Red diaper babies. I used to work with at least one red diaper baby when I was at CNN. You know, her parents were communists, actual Communist Party members, and raised her as a, to be a communist. She ended up not quite being communist, but she is a Democrat. Uh, you know, <clears throat> all the red, all the red stuff. Yeah, and uh, great piece here because Victoria even mentions Hunt for Red October. You know, the Tom Clancy, the Soviet submarine, named for Red October, the Bolshevik Revolution, St. Petersburg. It's uh, red is left, not conservative. But they got to choose first, so they stuck pro-American people with red because everything is a dirty trick at every turn. Am I right? Also, ABC News, I was making fun of them earlier. They say uh, Putin's Russia is getting conservative. It's conservative. Got another ABC News headline for you today. They're uh, police in Dallas have issued an arrest warrant for uh, a, a linebacker in the NFL. And what do you hear the ABC News headline on this? It's another laugh out loud. ABC News is a joke. You know, their chief, their chief guy is George Snuffleupagus. He was a Democrat Hill staffer uh, like Tim Russert. Little Hendrix before, now a little Led Zeppelin to get into your brain for the day. And that's a good thing. Bomb, 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 bomb. Yeah, so uh, ABC News went with a story today from the Associated Press that, that claims that Putin's Russia is becoming conservative, becoming and it's an increasingly conservative country run by communists, right? Now, again, they use the words, but they don't know what they mean. Here's, uh, here's my second ABC News story for you today. They have a, uh, an X account, and they post it on X, which any Democrat would say, formerly known as Twitter. They're having trouble adapting to this. They really are. But here's the ABC News um, uh, X post today. 
Uh, Police in Dallas have issued an arrest warrant for Buffalo Bills linebacker Von Miller. Von Miller, the Dallas police, have issued an arrest warrant uh, for Buffalo Bills linebacker Von Miller. Why? Why, you might ask. Well, they continue. For allegedly assaulting a pregnant person. A pregnant person? <laughs> I need to know more. Is that, uh, you know, what was, who was the media people? I was, oh, it was the Voice of America yesterday that have uh, said, don't call Hamas terrorists terrorists. Don't use the word terrorist when you're talking about Hamas just because they're kidnapping babies and killing them and branding teenagers uh, that they've kidnapped and murdering and torturing and mutilating. Never mind that. Don't call them terrorists. And uh, at ABC News, apparently their style guide, you know, news organizations have a style guide, or they go with the Associated Press style guide. At the Voice of America, taxpayer-funded suckling on the taxpayer teat. Don't call terrorists terrorists because it might hurt their feelings. And they'll kidnap your babies and uh, kill them uh, over time. But the uh, pregnant person is uh, in question. You know, I was talking about this with my best girl this morning, right? And because uh, we're going through the news and we're laughing at all the all the stupid people, and um, <laughs> and the pregnant person, I said, I said, you know, I think I might not feel as bad if uh, Von Miller had uh, assaulted a pregnant man, because then at least it would be a man, and I think it would be worse if uh, Buffalo Bills NFL linebacker named Von Miller assaulted a pregnant woman. I think that would be worse than assaulting a pregnant man. Do you think that's fair? I think that's fair. Because for a man to assault a man, that's one thing. It could be a fight. We don't know. You need to have more information. Was it a pregnant man who could defend himself? But this pregnant person, I'm guessing, was probably a woman, and that makes it worse. But ABC News doesn't say assaulting a pregnant woman, which is obviously the case. Either that or they're bringing us to another level of delusion. But ABC News says that that uh, there's an arrest warrant out the Dallas police for Von Miller of the Buffalo Bills for assaulting a pregnant person, which is more inclusive and gender neutral. And I'm not kidding. You know, it's uh, that's what the National Institutes of Health say, the U.S. government. Inclusive and gender neutral language, Right. Both pregnant women and pregnant people are acceptable phrases, according to the U.S. government. And ABC News are a gang of bootlicks for the U.S. government, uh, especially when left-wing radical Democrats are in charge, whose color really ought to be red and not blue. You see where I'm going. All right, let's go to the uh, telephone. Oh, wait, before we go, I want to say this also because we're raising money for Fisher House today. And... uh, asking people to contribute money. And I was uh, just handed this, this just into the news channel. And uh, uh, to donate, call 888-294-8560, 888-294-8560. But uh, we just got a, a donation. You know, I grew up on the North Shore of Chicago mostly and a little bit of Pelham, New York, and a little bit of Shorewood, Milwaukee, but uh, mostly the North Shore of Chicago. James from Evanston, Illinois, donating $1,000. I was talking about uh, Evanston, Illinois the other day because the Evanston High School, which is called Evanston High, interestingly, 
they uh, have classes uh, just for black students and Latino students that no white students or Asian students can participate in because the Democrats love racial segregation. They're the party of standing in schoolhouse doors. They're the party of racial segregation. Joe Biden famously said he didn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle in Delaware when they were racially integrating schools there. Racial jungle, charged language. His slate is wiped clean, though, by the news media because they're corrupt. But I digress. James from Evanston, Illinois, donating $1,000. Thank you very much, James. And he explained. He said, an early birthday present for Chris in honor of his father, Jules. That's right, my father, Jules Orteg, Jules Orteg Jr., was a Navy fighter pilot in World War II, flew Hellcats, killed Nazis, then went over to the Pacific to kill some imperialists. Did a heck of a job. And uh, so thank you very much, James, from Evanston, Illinois. You know, I've got a brother in Evanston, Illinois, uh, four nieces and nephews in Evanston, Illinois, and, and all that good stuff. So that's, uh, that's great. I visit Evanston, Illinois um, yeah, somewhat frequently. An early birthday present for Chris. Oh, yeah, I should mention the other. My, my birthday, uh, James knows, is uh, December 12th. December 12th. I stole it from Frank Sinatra. Me and Frank Sinatra have December 12th as our birthdays. Different years, of course, different years. But uh, $1,000 from James Evanston, Illinois. Wonderful. Early birthday present. And in honor of my father, a, uh, a decorated World War II veteran. And uh, the number to donate to Fisher House is 888-294-8560. Thank you, James. Great stuff. I run into you in Evanston. I'm going to buy you a beer. That's, uh, that's great. All right, now let's go, to, uh, let's go to the telephones. Because, you know, the, the Democrat Party is now they're pro-Hamas. They were pro-Pol Pot. They were pro-Viet Cong. They were pro-Soviet Union. They were pro-Sandinista. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan had the Contras down in Central America to blast the commies out of Central America. And the Democrats on Capitol Hill and in the streets of America were on the side of the communist Sandinistas in Nicaragua. Nicaragua, right? And uh, Daniel Ortega, Angel Ortega of the Sandinistas and Nicaragua, because the Democrats, they're the left. And they are red, not blue. We are blue and not red. But that's another, and I've, uh, I've always said this, even that is a lie. And you may have noticed, I don't refer to blue states and red states. At least I, I make an effort to not. Sometimes it's in articles I'm reading and stuff, but I don't call them blue states and red states because I know it's a Democrat Party lie to call conservatives blue states and give us blue. Just saying. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to the telephones. I apologize. I do go on, don't I? All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Keith, calling from Alexandria, Virginia, just across the mighty Potomac River from us here in the District of Columbia, where we get carjacked more than any place else. Keith, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, Chris. Yeah, I think it's what up to nine hundred uh, carjackings or so, and it's still not a crime. Yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, we um, passed more than um, 900 on Thanksgiving Day. We hit hit 901 carjackings, yes. Well, let's go for 1,000. All right, <laughs> what I wanted to bring up to you is if these kids, these college-educated kids, 
if they are paying attention in history class, the problem really didn't generate with the Israelis. The problem started when Britain, now clean me up on my history, but Britain created all those states when they started lessening their empire. Prior to 49, Israel and the region known as Palestine got along fine. They probably had an occasional rumble. Who doesn't? But they had commerce, you know, freely amongst themselves. Then Britain screws up, tries to still put one last piece of that power out there. I love Britain, though, but, you know, we did get divorced from them for a reason. (laughs) So um, that being the case, you know, tell the kids to go up to the U.N. and start barking at them to work it out. Drop the thing. Also, let me ask the, uh, once again, these little they're so charitable, Chris. Remember, they're giving up their free time. Okay, what did these college students and all these crazies that are trying to disrupt everything, what did they do for Thanksgiving dinner? What did they do for, um, what are they going to do for Christmas? They're not going to be out there marching. They're going to be open in their presence, eating dinner. They could really give a howl's hoot about you know, anything that's happening over there. They're not dedicated. They just want to cause trouble. Thank you for your time, Chris. You're a great American. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Uh, fun call. That's all right. Yeah. No, it's true. The history is uh, is lost on these people. And, you know, the Poison Ivy League, um, you know, uh, maleducates great numbers of people that uh, very often go into Democrat Party politics and very often go into media. There was a video made in New York City yesterday. Perhaps you've heard of it where a lot of pro-Hamas Democrats have been marching in the streets and chanting from the river to the sea, which is, of course, the the mantra of Hamas. Hamas is completely dedicated to the total destruction of the state of Israel and the extermination of the Jewish people. They want to kill them all. They violated the ceasefire uh, yesterday, firing at least one missile into Israel in the hope of killing some women and children, all civilians, they really hope to kill. Uh, and also, two Palestinian men showed up at a bus stop in Jerusalem yesterday with uh, firearms, and they mowed down, was it, 19 people, killing three, injuring 16 the last time that I looked. Uh, they were concerned that more very seriously wounded might die from their gunshot wounds. The news media is not paying any attention to it, but uh, completely ridiculous. Now, and also, Kabul Kirby yesterday. He had some ridiculous stuff. Now, this I just want to share with you, Keith, because you're talking about the history of the region. Here's a Democrat woman in New York yesterday. She's out there with a, a five-foot Palestinian flag on a big stick. It's the Hamas flag. And she had flyers in her hand, or a flyer, you know, anti-Israel, pro-terrorist flyers in her hand. And she's a liberal Democrat woman, and she's marching in the street. And a man stopped to ask her a question, and she demonstrated her profound ignorance. From the nation to the sea. No, from the uh, mountains to the sea. From the mountains to the sea. That's what, that's what we want. From the mountains to the sea? Yeah. Which mountains? She doesn't know. You don't know, eh? A normal man passing by. You idiot. <laughs> A normal man passing by this idiot Democrat woman in New York City with her giant Palestinian flag on a big flagpole and her flyers, and uh, she's trying to chant for Hamas from the nation to the sea. 
She doesn't even know her hate uh, speech. From the mountains to the sea. Really? What mountains? Uh, the, you know, the mountains. The No, it's from the Jordan River, the River Jordan. From the river to the sea. That's why it's about wiping out the state of Israel. If you're going to be an anti-Semite, try not to be an idiot at the same time. He called her a, a bleeping idiot. Kind of like use that Elon Musk word. The uh, Washington Post, very upset about Elon Musk using a curse word, too. They would never do that at the Washington Post. That's great stuff. Yeah. And uh, also, Cobble Kirby yesterday was asked. He was asked about uh, whether the the uh, gunning down of 19 people at a bus stop might have violated the ceasefire. You're never going to believe what Cobble Kirby said in response to that question. All right, I uh, I would like to urge you today, two days a year, we on the Chris Plant show uh, on the Chris Plant show work to raise money for the Fisher House and uh, just a, an incredibly great organization. The phone number to donate is 888-294-8560. And on the line with us right now, we have Mary Considine, and Mary Considine is the chief of staff for the wonderful Fisher House Foundation, the great Fisher family. And uh, Mary, thank you very much for being with us today. Hi, Chris. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Now, I understand that you started as a volunteer for Fisher House, and now you're the chief of staff of the organization. I was very lucky to be asked if I could come and help out, and I just fell in love uh, with what we do to make a difference for military and veterans' families. I you know, I can't imagine doing doing something else that would be feel so meaningful. Wow. Wow. And you've been there for how long now? Um, 20 years, uh, you know, to see the foundation grow. And um, but I tell you, it's it's all about the little stories that you that you get from being inside a Fisher house. Um, it's meeting the families, understanding what they go through and um, knowing that you're a part of a solution for, you know, a crisis that they did not expect to ever happen. Well, why should um, great Americans out there say, you know what, Mary's right, Chris is right, I should give some of my hard-earned money to Fisher House. Why Why Fisher House? Well, I, I'll tell you one quick story. Um one of the ones that's always touched my heart is, you know, every in every single Fisher House, there's different families that we serve, veterans, young military families, folks dealing with combat casualties and injuries. Um, but the one that has touched my heart so much is a story. Not every story has a happy ending. And we had a veteran who lost their battle with cancer in the hospital, and his wife was with him every step of the way, staying in the Fisher House. And on that day, that really sad day, word went out that uh, she had lost her husband. And by the time she came back from the hospital, every single other guest at that Fisher house was waiting in the living room to give her a hug, to hold her hand, to be there for her and let her know that she wasn't alone. You would never have that happen in a hotel. Um, you know, it, the families would be by themselves. And when you make sure, make a Fisher house possible at a VA hospital or a military hospital, that's what you're doing for these American heroes. You're telling them that they're not alone, that we're here to care for them and, and be there for them in their time of need. That is an extraordinary story. And, uh, you know, another another reality, I know I've been to the 
Fisher houses here at Christmas time, which is just around the corner now. Uh, and um, the uh, the Fisher houses at Christmas time are extraordinary. They're just, uh, you know, we're already into December, of course, and um, and it's it's enough. I mean, it's enough to bring tears to your eyes just walking into a Fisher house at Christmas time, and all the people in the large kish- kitchens and the shared kitchen facilities where people gather together and. You know, you may be all by yourself and and uh, at the Fisher House from time zones away, uh, but you've got a built-in support network uh, every time you go to get something to eat in the kitchen and uh, and at Christmas time and and uh, you know the holiday season, Hanukkah time. It's extraordinary what uh, Fisher Houses do to uh, to make people feel at home and and um, you know deal with the difficulties that they're that they're facing. Uh, an extraordinary Absolutely. organization. Absolutely. We call it a home away from home. Um, that, you know, that's our, our tagline for Fisher House. And so, you know, when it comes to having to spend your holiday, your Christmas far away from home, um, managers have made it possible for little kids to celebrate their birthdays while they're in a Fisher House, supporting mom and dad, um, or maybe uh, their grandparent or who might be in the hospital. They make it special. And it's it's not just the other families. It's not just the Fisher House staff. The community, volunteers come in and say, what can I do? Is it gift cards? Is it cooking a meal? Is it a, a donation to make sure that that Fisher House feels like home? Whatever it takes, you know, a Fisher House is really an opportunity for the American public to to wrap their arms around these military families, these veterans' families, and yeah. say, we're here for you. What can I do? Yeah, um, uh, just wonderful. And uh, very well told, Mary Considine. Thank you very much for, for being with us. I, I appreciate it very much. And a wonderful, wonderful organization. Please call 888-294-8560 to donate generously, as generously as you can. Make it $10 if that's what you can give. Uh, God bless you, and God bless America. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.